last time on Join the Party. Anara, Johnny, and Tracy officially win the challenge at Kiko Lake. Our uh, security team for the champions have passed their test, the first passing of the test in 200 years. And they pick up some cool new items as their reward. The long arm of the law, the shadow cowl, and a piece of the undying light. There's an official ceremony to kick off Alonzo's champion tour, but something's a little off. Guys, there's a red throat in the back of the chairs down there. What do we do? Our party fights off the ambush with a little help from their flying friends, but not before Alonzo's medallion starts to spin. You want to take home a champion? Well, here I am. Just come and take me. Three magic items, two stars out, one new arc, and a partridge in a pear tree. Let's get the party started. So, you're going to be inaccessible for a while, which is horrific and monstrous and inconceivable. So I wanted to leave you with something to read on the ride out there. First, a joke. What do you call a troll with one eye and three arms? Whatever his name is. Steven, probably. I'm no good at jokes. I don't want you to leave. I mean, I never want you to leave, but now especially. You're the sun. And the only thing to do without light is wither. If you remember to think of me out on this adventure, just imagine me like flowers pulled towards the dawn, straining out windows, hoping to get a residual ray of you. I miss you already. Is that crazy? This is 12 hours before you even leave. I can see you right now, actually. I can reach out and touch your sleeping form. You're drooling. It's cute. I'm not one for advice or good decisions. Remember, I have 20% less right leg than I did when you married me. (laughs) But... Here it goes. Be safe. Wear your shoes all the time. Bring extra rope. Drink water. Have fun. Be safe. Don't do anything I wouldn't do, which isn't a lot, I now realize. Make at least one friend. If you're going to be the champion, act like it. I know you can. Drink something new. Bring me a souvenir if you find a good one. Be safe. A ghost's weak point is the sheet that's covering it. Get it? Because ghosts aren't real. Remember snacks and candles? Don't sneak off without the squad. Please. You know how I feel about dumb, dumber, and robot dumbest, but they're your guards. This thing is obviously dangerous and not in a hero of the realm sort of way. Like in a take advantage of you, like a severely messed up and never come back the same way sort of way. I miss you. I love you. Be safe. 
come back. Your delicate flower, Gregory, Alabaster, Nectaria, Kiko. So it's a few weeks later, the speaker has accepted all three of you as fully being the security team for Alonzo as he does his champion tour. And you've been working with him a little bit. You have semi-weekly training sessions with Alonzo. He's kind of getting into, like, defending himself a little bit. He hasn't figured out how to control the medallion, but there's a lot of, like, hand thrusting and defensive maneuvers that you've been arranging yourself in to protect him if he ever gets jumped. But really, it's just been a few weeks and you're hanging out in the Kiko Castle waiting for something to happen. And guess what? You're going on a field trip. You're going to go check out the mural. Going on an adventure. I'm already in the school bus ready. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So to remind you about the mural, there is a wall that surrounds the entirety of Fidopolis. So you've only seen the mural from very far away, especially when you're up in the air being carried by Stoneface. The wall is of a night sky with tons of stars speckled through it. In the center of the mural are three symbols, a sun, a moon, and a triangle. And the last time you saw it, it looked like there was spray paint covering the entirety of the triangle. Now it's been a few weeks later since you saw it, and now you're getting up close, and it really is spray paint. From far away, it seemed like it was a clean fill, but really it's all over the place. It's like someone just graffitied over the entirety of the triangle. As you look at the mural and you're finally up close, I mean, it's beautiful. There are tourists surrounding you, pointing at the mural and like... Do people just pause for a really long time as they have a portrait artist, like sketch their portrait in front of the wall? Yeah, the hard part is that actually if you're doing a selfie, you have to sketch your own portrait and you have to... It's an intricate rigging of mirrors and they're yeah, kind of sketching it. Yeah, like mirror it on a harness, the canvas, like on, a, on like a belt mount. Yeah, it's real, it's real bad. <laughs> There's a railing like in front of the mural and you're like five feet away and there are like tourists all over the place and like pointing and laughing. Was the triangle always graffitied up since we've been here or is that a new development? No, since you've been here, it's been graffitied, but the understanding is that this was vandalism. Like, it wasn't always like this. There's actually a bunch of guards surrounding the railing, and they're looking angry and with their arms crossed to try to keep hooligans away. I'd like to uh, go say hi to the least angry-looking one. (laughs) So, uh, beautiful day, huh? Yeah, it's a beautiful day to be safe in the streets. (laughs) G.I. Joe! Hi, I'm Joe. I'm G.I. Joe. That's that's my name. I don't know how to respond to this. Yeah, I'm Gregory Ignatius Joseph. What's wrong? Yeah. My name is Greg. Have have a nice day. I'm out. All right, stay safe. Hey, hey, uh, if you see any hooligans or bamboozlers or vandals or, and he gets really, he gets really low now, and the Red Throat Gang. You think? He actually says that under his breath. He says what? He he does a sting under his breath. Red Throat Gang. Watch out. We're looking out for people who have defaced our beautiful mural symbolizing, uh, you know, safety and sanctity in our city. Well, of course, if I see something, I'll say something. But what? (laughs) 
<laughs> good, good, good. Yeah, that's our that's our new slogan. But uh, what did these symbols represent, and why do you think the Red Throat Gang did this? GI Joe takes glasses from his front pocket and puts it on, Aww. and he straightens his hair. He says. The mural of Phidopolis is here to represent the ideals that we try to strive for here in the city. It is the unity of the sun and the moon coming together as our planet is unified together in harmony. And the triangle here, which has so unfortunately been defaced, is the representative of our triumvirate of gods, Devar, Adama, and Zeol. Unfortunately, some people don't care about our religion as much as we do here in Phidopolis, but... Well, we're going to take them out, and at least we can keep hooligans from covering here. Well, you know me. I'm a big Trinity fan, of course. I love the Trinity. Definitely not anything else that I prefer more. But <laughs> can, what- you roll- Wait, <laughs> I'm sorry. can you roll a persuasion check? <laughs> Did the light around you dim a oh, little I'm, bit I'm as you said that? Can you roll a deception check? Inara's eyes widen, for the record. 15 plus <laughs> 4. Cool. I also love the Trinity. <laughs> yeah, Trinity all day. You know what they say. Anyway, why is the Red Throat Gang so against the Trinity? I thought they just didn't like the whole powers that be and the man and whatnot. Phidopolis is the center of religion here in our fair states, um, and we pride ourselves on that. And as the Red Throat Gang hates order and harmony and community and everything about our fair city, they hate everything we stand for. So... With the Trinity comes uh, danger, I guess. That's just what I'm here. Um, I don't know. That's as far as, and he pulls out a bunch of note cards and starts going through them. He's like, well, that's the end of my speech. I don't really have anything more. Well, thanks for your time. Uh, May the undying, uh, you know, time with the Trinity uh, light your way or something. Cool. Yeah, you too with your light in Trinity and and things. Yes. G.I. Joe. (laughs) He goes back to his post. Johnny, as you finish up your conversation, you see a bunch of the tourists are collecting around this one cart. And a vendor is standing up on top of his cart holding parchment in his hands. And he's kind of shoving them in people's faces and hawking his wares. He says, come on, come all. Get the magic scrolls to protect yourself. You don't want ghosts. You don't want skeletons. You don't want creepy birds. Keep them from yourself. Come on, come on, only ten gold pieces to keep yourself, your spirit, and your family protected from ghosts. And people are just mobbing this place and, like, shoving gold pieces in his hand as fast as this guy can go. I'm going to run to the front of that crowd, sneak my way through. I want to uh, detect magic. (laughs) Like, super much. Like, I want to detect magic like I've never detected magic before. Sure. Anara, how do you want to get to the front of this crowd? I want to bob and weave, crouch down through the crowd of bumbling tourists with Oak Cake at my heels as I cast around trying to figure out what this guy's game is. So I want to investigate the nature of his criminality. Like, I'm just assuming he's a criminal. So I want to figure out what the exact situation is. All right, why don't you make an insight to how criminal this guy is? Well, uh, that is a six. This seems like an upstanding gentleman. He is a part of the Better Business Bureau. And you see that for some reason there's like a food inspector. He has an A just on his card as well. And when you get to the front, he says, oh, we got a young lady right here. What's your name, little girl? 
my my name is is Annie. Uh, what what exactly do you have going on here, man? Like, how how do you save us against the this, the scary birds? Oh, Annie. Well, we're gonna demonstrate something for everybody here. Uh, come on up, come on up. And he literally picks you up by the back of your cloak. This guy, you thought that he was standing on top of a cart, but this is actually the largest man you've ever seen in your entire life. Well, he is a seven feet tall with straw yellow hair cascading all the way down his shoulders, and he has a very large top hat on. And he just kind of plucks you and puts you on top of the cart, which is about where his waist is. My fists clench, and then I very consciously unclench them and look at Oatcake and tell her to sit. Oatcake sits and licks one of her paws. This has been an Oatcake corner. Yeah, man, uh, what what are we going to demonstrate here? Are, are birds a big problem? Like, I haven't dealt with the whole, like, murderous raven thing before. Oh, we got a little girl here who hasn't dealt with ghosts before. And the whole crowd goes, whoa. <laughs> oh, wow, ghosts. Oh, jeez, no. <laughs> it's like, well, hello. Here, I got the scroll just for you. Nah, they don't call me Marcus the magical person for nothing. <laughs> Oh, no. Marcus, magical person. That's one word, magical person. I come from a long line of magical people and magical persons, as it is. And we're going to protect you from ghosts here. Now, I want you to hold this scroll. All right. And he puts a scroll in your hand. I grab it. All right. And I want you to hold this one, too. And he puts another scroll in your hand. Grab the other one. But I hold them kind of near the bottom, like baton, so I can smash him over the head if he tries anything funny. You're going to smash him with just parchment in his head? I sure am. Then I'm going to run away. That's good. He's like, oh, and I want you to hold this jug of water as well. And he tries to put a jug of water in your hands. Tracy readies his long arm of the law and goes he needs to <laughs> snatch Nara away from the grasp of this horrible man. I'm ready to cast like a level two spell at this dude. <laughs> like, I do not like him. I'm just going to say, uh, is this a trick, mister? Yeah, Usually she- parchment water, they, they don't go together. No, that's just a joke for the fans, because I'm telling you to carry things. Keep up, kid. What are you doing? And uh, he puts the jug back, and he takes one of the scrolls back. All you have to do here is chant the magic words, and any ghosts that are coming around, he'll protect you from the ghosts. How, uh, how does that, how does that work? Well, it's magic. Haven't you heard of magic before? We live in a magical place. I don't have magic where I come from, sir. Well, Fidopolis has the most magic you can ever find in your hearts. And the whole crowd applauds. I'm like, yeah, Phenopolis, yeah! So, oh, I love Phenopolis! And one guy's just like, oh, yeah, Phenopolis, yeah! See the Phenopolis jersey on? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the Phenopolis clerics. I want to do an arcana check to see if there's any magical properties on those scrolls. From the back of the crowd, because I ain't going near that guy. Sure. Okay, do it. 14 plus 4 for an 18. Here's the thing. You recognize the scrolls to have magical writing on it, but you don't know if they're actually magical. It's like when someone gets like a tattoo of a Chinese symbol and it just says like watermelon and they think it means like unity. It might be like that. Cool. Yeah, I'm just going to chill in the back. And back up on the stage, Inara says, are, are, are ghosts or birds, I'm confused now, were there birds before? Is, is this a, like a, a big problem for people? It, do people need to like carry this around? I just, I don't know if I should, I don't know what, what it's for. Hey, Phenopolis people, you need to be informing your children a little bit better. Haven't you heard of the things going on in Atopolis? There are ghosts everywhere. Spooky ghosts. No. Spooky ghost ghosts. Uh, how- Swimming ghosts. Flying ghosts. Ghosts everywhere. Uh, how, why? When? 
Tracy does not like ghosts. Over in Antopolis, everyone's saying there are ghostly birds flying around, ghostly fish swimming in the river, and something's happening. There's what? A... <laughs> yeah, find Sarah, whoever, whoever keeps them owning. You know exactly what's happening. There's even a giant ghost monster who's swimming through the river, dividing Antopolis and its ruins. And it says you can see it when the rain falls. Oh my god, what? <laughs> can I do some kind of check here to see if I know anything else about what he's talking about? You can make insight if he's bullshitting you. Let's do that. Yeah, do it. Well, once more, I got a six. Wow, this guy, <laughs> you don't know, but you are just so excited I'm to so hear what he's saying. I'm so dazzled by being on a stage. And you're doing a great job here. You might be the next star. Everybody clap for Anne. Oh, yeah, Anne, she's so great. Look at her dog. Jump, jump, everyone. Oh, my God, I want a better dog. And like six people come over and smush a cake in the face. Uh, as an aspiring assassin, I don't particularly want to be known among the entire city as a performer. So I'm going to just de-escalate this interaction right now. Uh, th- thank you so much, sir. Can I can, can I just grab one of these just in case I run across any, you know, ghosts on the road? Sure. 20 gold pieces. Uh, I thought you said 10 before, and also I, I'm a child. I don't really have any gold on me. Look at this child trying to negotiate. She's crazy. 20 gold pieces, little girl. How about I bring your parchment with me on the road back to the village where I came from, where no one's even heard of magic. And when I get there, people are going to be so excited and impressed by your wares that they're going to want to come back and buy them. And I will tell them that that they should come to Joe Magic Person. Marcus Magic Person. Marcus Magic Person here at at the mural. Persuasion, please. I'll take eight! (laughs) 17 plus 2 for a 19. Marcus looks at you in the face and he actually smiles a little bit and says, Wow, everyone hear this, even the savage tribes out in the woods where not even the cities can touch them. They want what Marcus Magic Person is selling. Hey, why don't you take one and an extra one which will keep all of the boys from touching you? You're holding one parchment in your hand and he reaches into one of his really deep pockets in his massive billowing coat. As he does that, my other hand goes to my knife. Right, why is it? You guys are so stabby. I'm, not being, I'm not being stabby. I just, just wish. something about boys touching me, so <laughs> I'm gonna definitely have my hand on my knife. I'm trying to buy eight of these things. <laughs> Marcus Magic Person. More like Marcus Magic Fraud. Nice. Got him. I wrote um, that down. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking through his pockets and he's like, what? Where is this boy spell? I don't remember where I put him. And he then takes off his big top hat, and there is a curled-up pink scroll on top of his head. And he's like, oh, there it is. And he takes it, and he puts it in your hand. He says, give a hand for the nice Anne child. And everyone claps. Yeah, I want five. I want ten. Give me, give me. And then just, like, shoving 20, 20 gold pieces, 20 gold pieces. Tracy rushes ahead of everyone, throwing people away to get to the front <laughs> of the line so he can purchase one of these scrolls. Oh, robot friend, how many would you like? I want ten! All right, that would be a ten, a twenty, a... And Tracy throws just an amount of money on the floor. All right, why don't you roll the d10? I rolled a six. Okay, so... You threw 300 gold pieces (laughs) in in front of him. So you mark that down on your, your sheet. I want to dodge in there and grab the excess off of the ground. Why don't you roll for a sled hand? 15 plus 3 for an 18. Okay. 
Teresa just kind of threw it at Marcus Magic Person, and Marcus caught the majority of it, but like 50 fell to the ground, and you scoop it back up. Better than nothing. After that, I want to get the hell out of here. Sure. I just want to note that Johnny's been looking at this entire proceeding, and he could not be shaking his head more. Just like, ugh. Like, full dad, like, disappointment. <laughs> just very upset at the whole proceeding. Tracy, you got ten scrolls, and they're all kind of, like, wrapped up in a nice paper bag. And that has, like, Marcus Magic Person written on the side. Like, one of the Bloomingdale's bags. You got but it ten... says Marcus Magic Person. You got ten scrolls for 300? Uh-huh. It was supposed to be 200. Yeah. It's too much money. Oh, come on. Anara, you feel a tap on your shoulder. I put one hand to my knife and turn around. And you see a little halfling kid run by you. One of my street urchins? And the little halfling whips to you. I'm going to wait back and... Is she running away or is she next to me? No, she's right next to you. I'm going to wait back and crush down a little bit and say, Hey, hey, what's up, fellow child? What's What's going on? I am one of you. Hello, fellow <laughs> child. <laughs> Hello, child. I is you. And you see, like, the halfling's, like, whispering something. But you can't really make it out. She makes the hand motion of, like, come here. Come closer. Come here. I am going to go down on one knee, so I'm a little bit closer to her than I was when I was crouching, with my hand, again, firmly on my knife, and lean forward and say, uh, what's uh, what, what's going on there? Are you, are you trying to find me? And the halfling grabs the parchment out of your hand and books it. I'm going to run after her to grab it back. All right. So the halfling is running at a full sprint. It's just running and diving through the back alleys of this Phidopolis outside area. She takes a hard right and books it down an alleyway. I follow her and I yell, okay, go after her. <laughs> okay, starts to sprint forward, goes, and disappears from view. And you hear a poof 50 feet forward. Nice. And it sounds like O'Cake's pawing at something. I'm going to run up to her again, trying to be as aware of my surroundings as I possibly can be, with one dagger now drawn, and investigate what's happening over there. Cool. O'Cake is pawing at a wall that is just, like, built up in the middle of the alley. You're at a dead end, and you don't see the child anywhere. Are there any holes at the bottom of the wall, like where the stone's coming apart, anything like that? Make an investigation check. 18 plus 4 for 22. You press your whole body against the wall and trying to feel for any sort of cracks or secret passages. Anything at the bottom of the wall or anything above it, there's nothing. But to your left, you see that there is a dagger wedged in between a few of the stones with a note attached to it. I lift the dagger out and read the note. The note is written in Thieves' Camp. Hey, so I know there, that. Yeah, you know how to read that. There are a few symbols. The first is a dagger. The second is a fish. And the third is the head of that fish, separated from said fish body. And as you read it all together, you can kind of figure out that the sentence on this piece of paper says, cut the head from the fish. All right, I am going to rip the note up and feed it to O'Cake. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and put the dagger on my belt. 
Cool. All right. Okay. Slobbers all over the note and chews a bunch of it and just kind of mashes on it. And I say, good girl, good girl, good chase. And I pet her little head and I bring a piece of okay out of my back pocket to feed to her. Okay, eats it. Nice. <laughs> That's normal. No, please. No. <laughs> and from there, I'm going to cast one last glance around to make sure I'm not missing anything, any children, any daggers or notes, and then head on back to the wall. In the meanwhile, I would have liked to have bought Oak and Joe commemorative shirts for them to wear. <laughs> like a XXXXXL for Joe and a like a super small one for Oak So I can try to maybe be friends with Oak since Oak doesn't <laughs> since, since she doesn't like me. Listen, man, Oak is always up for reconciliation. Yeah, that's why I'm buying a shirt. Do you think a t shirt is the best way to a dog's heart? You know <laughs> Johnny is not the best with animals, I guess. Evidently. <laughs> All right. Subtract ten gold pieces from your amount, cool. and now you have two two shirts. Okay, I have a shirt for you, and I try to put the shirt on Oatcake. Oh, I'm gonna just take damage. Aren't What's I? your AC? Oh, so- <laughs> <laughs> thirteen. Oh, come okay, on! As you're putting the shirt on Oatcake, Oatcake puffs away and ends up on top of your head. <laughs> All right, that's pretty adorable. Edge rules on top of you. I'll, I'll take it. I'm going to say uh, good girl and pluck her off Johnny's head and just kind of hold her a little bit. We've been through a bunch in the last 10 minutes. It's been a big day. It's been a big morning. Tracy, you wanted to check out your scrolls? Yeah, as Johnny is failing to commune with this dog, I am <laughs> I am taking out these scrolls, all 10 of them, and kind of laying them out on the ground. I'm assuming we're pretty far away from the crowd at this point. Oh, yeah, sure. There's a picnic table area. Oh, great. I love picnic tables. Aw. So I spread them all out on a table, and I roll an investigation check to see what's going on there. I also um, want to investigate that dumb boy spell. So what do you want to do with them, necessarily? I just want to see if it's useful at all, or if it's nefarious in some way. I want to enforce the Better Business Bureau principles against scamming. <laughs> I want to do a couple things. I want to read them, first of all, just like straight up. And then I want to investigate, like, does the ink match the paper? Is the paper super old, super new? Does it seem to have some sort of magical aura, which I know is, would be arcana? Does it actually seem legit? Like, is it a forgery or is it an actual, like, spell that's been written out? Mm. Okay. The idea is that you can write like specific runes on a scroll and then it is imbued with magical properties. So, I guess, if you want to look for the magic of it, make an arcana check. But if you want to check out all those things, all the things that you said, that would be investigation. Cool. So, I'm going to do the investigation then. Sure. And I want to do an arcana check to see what it's actually defending against, if I can. Sure. I am finally a good detective because I rolled a 19 plus 4 for a 23. <laughs> you take a look at every single one of these scrolls, and all of the parchment looks very new. The ink is nearly wet, and all of the handwriting looks the same, as if it wasn't written by hand. It was written by a massive rubber stamp. Gotcha. Can I read them? Or is it in a rune I can't read yet? Why don't you make an intelligence roll? I'm only mildly smart. I got a 9 plus 2 for an 11. You cannot read them. They're written in some language you don't understand, but you do not know what that language is. Okay. Hey, guys, these are uh, just mass-produced. Can you tell what they're trying to defend against? No, I can't really read them. Can I look at it to see if it's close to Thieves' Can at all? Sure. I got an 11 Arcana, but do you want something else for this? 
No, I'll just tell you. It's not Thief's Camp. All right. Uh, nope, I got nothing, Trace. Sorry. Oh, I'm not helping. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I was against this entire thing at the beginning. I'm not going to help. You want to roll Arcana for the voice girl? Yes, I do. An 11. What does it look like? <laughs> it is... It's like a pink bow? Yeah, it's parchment, but somebody dyed it pink, and it's written very loopy, curly Q handwriting. Well, there's nothing in Ara Hates More than gendered products and marketing, so I am going to just try to see if there's anything useful on this thing whatsoever, and if not, I'm going to feed it to Oatcake, who seems to like parchment. <laughs> You cannot figure out what exactly these scrolls do other than what Marcus Magic Person said that they did. But you know they're magical. But if you were to unfurl said scroll in the particular time, you don't know what it would do. Johnny, you think it's better to throw out magical items that could be helpful or to carry around magical items that we don't know what they do? Always give your unused magical spells to the proper recycling facilities. They have one actually every Monday of the month at the library. Yes, of yeah. course. I mean, honestly, I guess keep it. I don't really trust this kind of street corner magic. Whatever spell it's trying to say it does is probably less effective and will probably cause more trouble than it will solve. Should we just go check back in with Alonto and, and see where we're shipping off to next? I don't want to bring these scrolls home with us, man. Uh, I'm going to bring mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about I bring half of them? I caught, look, I spent 300 gold pieces on this. I'm going to try to get my money back somehow. All right, let's do it. But if crap hits the fan, and certainly if any an seven-foot-tall uh, scam artists come near me, Trace, you are on the front lines. I got your back. All right, so you're going to keep all of them? I will. I'm going to keep the boy spell and one of Tracy's in my pack. I'm just going to take one from it. All right. You guys head back to the Kiko Castle, and Alonzo and the speaker are waiting outside for you. And the speaker claps her hands together and says, Ah, perfect. You're all back from your most fanciful errand. But now we have a mission for all of you. Get ready. This is your first one. Hey, it's Eric. Have you ever bought yourself something that you really wanted? Maybe it's a jacket or a bike or a video game system. And you save bits of paychecks and tips, find unused birthday money, keep yourself from ordering sushi on delivery again. And finally, you click confirm on the ordering website and you're waiting and waiting for the package to come. Finally, it arrives snug in its plastic and cardboard mobile home. This is the moment you open the package. Use the good scissors. Hey, everybody, we have merch. You can wear a JTP on your body or on your phone case or in your home. We have two beautiful designs by magical design being Paula at Earl on Twitter. The Antopolis Sailing School t-shirt that Inara stole from Captain Alex, and a gorgeous illustration of a dice and rulebook and potions that says, invite everyone to the party. 
I got a tank top of the party design, and I like to wear it under sweatshirts, so I feel like a superhero, like I'm revealing my powers of D&D podcasting if anyone needs it. We got it all at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. That is jointhepartypod.com slash merch, and you can find that link in the description of this episode. You can also find a link to Paola's Twitter because she's amazing and making some awesome stuff for Inktober. And like an overzealous aunt, we need to see photos of you in your JTP swag, so hit us up. Thank you and welcome to the party to our new patrons, Neon, Lee, Lucille, who upped their pledge, thank you, and Anthony. This week on our patron-only Discord, the patrons have organized a spooky cookie exchange, and it is warming our podcast hearts and filling our podcast bellies. If you want to join in on the fun, shuffle over to patreon.com slash join the party pod. Now, as you're trying to get your friends, your family members, your game friends, your exes, and your pets into Join the Party, we can now help you. We made a short recap of the first 11 episodes to catch up new listeners and, as a refresher, to everyone else. Go to jointhepartypod.com slash recap, or just check the episode right before this one in your podcast player. We would also love it if you took a second to review us on Apple Podcast. This helps us show up on their search results and allow new players to find us and be a part of the party. So open up your iTunes on your computer or the Apple Podcasts app on your iPhone and search for Join the Party and say something really nice about us. It would make me really, really happy and we would all appreciate it so much. Now, let's get back to the show. The speakers brought all of you into the big conference room where you first met with her. And there are more bagels Thank on the God. table. Anara's not going to stuff all the bagels in her face again? Anara has already grabbed four bagels. <laughs> okay. <laughs> including one for cake. What's her preferred schmear? Anara enjoys a good, like, scallion cream cheese on a sesame bagel. Not toasted. She isn't a monster. Right, exactly. Solid choices. Johnny grabs an onion bagel, uses prestidigitation to heat it up and toast it a bit, and then puts cream cheese on it. The speaker has a whole bunch of papers laid out in front of her, and she's like shifting through a bunch of them. Alonzo is a lot more chill than you think he'd be. Uh, he kind of has his feet kicked up on the table, and he's stretched out, and his head is lolling back, just kind of like waiting for the speaker to start. He's also wearing a belt with, like, a bunch of weapons on it. Like, there's a sword and, like, a mace and, like, three daggers on it. Tracy giggles a little bit. <laughs> I don't think I like any version of Alonzo. <laughs> hey, it's my utility belt, man. I got to be prepared. Yeah, we're going out on our mission. It's our first mission. I'm, prepared. I'm ready. We're going to do, do it. Tracy laughs out loud now. Where, where's mine, man? This, this is mine. I made this from home. This is mine. Is it just foam? Are they foam weapons? No, they're real weapons. They are very real weapons, Tracy. How can you, like, sit down with a mace and a sword on your belt? So, speaker, what's up, bruh? <laughs> How you living? How do you take your bagel? I am living... <laughs> I am living fine, oh, thank you. <laughs> and my bagel is a plain bagel with two swipes of cream cheese, thank you. 
That's a good choice. And she claps her hands, and it's like as if this bagel appeared, and she takes a bite of it and puts it back down daintily. Cool. Now that we've all had breakfast, what are we doing here? This is your first mission on behalf of your champion. Uh, let's call it the Champion's Tour. Antopolis is having a lot of problems. We're getting reports of strange, eerie, ghostly things happening in the area. Not only that, their main power source is gone. It's been very difficult to get in touch with them and even travel over there because their water source is drying up and we cannot contact them. So we need Alonzo to go in there and tell everyone that everything's going to be fine. Once he's in there as the, the champion to unite all of the states, we can hopefully uh, quell some of this unrest and um, make sure that the people can fix whatever is going on over there. Maybe if we can get our hands a little dirty and, um, you know, put some elbow grease and uh, get their power going again. How does that sound? So we're just like trying try to lift some spirits, do some good. Do yes. Some, do some good press. Tracy, that is exactly the way you think of it. That's perfect. Alonzo, how did that sound to you? And Alonzo stands up and his whole belt is jangling. He says, I'll do it. I am the champion here and I got it. Good. Let's let's champion. Tracy giggles again. Uh, okay. That that sounds real fun, uh, ma- ma- Madam Speaker, I'm, I'm sure. But how exactly are we going to be doing stuff? Like, wh- what what do they use for power? How do we fix it? Like, I don't want to just go there and, and like tell them everything's fine if it's not. I hear it all. I heard I heard all about the ghosts. Don't you worry. Ghostly fish, ghostly birds, ghostly just just people around you, ghostly boys trying to like pull your pigtails. We got it. Don't worry. But but how about the power stuff? How can we help? Um, where we. Let's just say that the power issue is a little bigger than you can handle. Right now, we just need to go in there and help some people uh, feel better. Uh, that's enough for uh, Alonzo to start out on. And all three of you, of course, your, your security, you're going to keep him safe. If anything uh, strange, especially with all these ghost things coming around, uh, hopefully you'll keep him safe. How do you punch a ghost? Hard. Got it. Well, I mean, you know me. I love making sure people are happy and whatnot, and I hate ghosts. You know, they're dark and stuff, but um, (laughs) I I, I can only lie that things are okay so much. That's okay. You can just stand there with your book and your smiling face, and Alonzo will take care of the rest. Isn't that right, Alonzo? And Alonzo's spinning a mace. When he realizes the speaker's looking at him, he, like, straightens up and says, All right, we got it. Let's do it. I'm going to kick this problem in the face. It, it is very hard to kick someone's face, Alonzo. We, we can practice later, but just, just go, for the, go for the knees, bro. All right, kicking face later. Knees. We're going to raise some spirits with kicking. Whoa. The speaker turns to all three of you and says, uh, I thought you'd be more excited. Alonzo's excited. You're going to go save the concentric states. What's the problem? Sounds like we're saving your reputation, man. And then Inara stuffs a bagel into her face so she cannot answer any follow-up questions. Johnny looks over to Inara and does a nice. The speaker puts her hands together and says, Inara, you're not wrong. We need to go in there and make sure everyone believes in the government, in the people who are there to protect them. Um, that's what Alonzo's doing. 
He's smart and capable and handsome, and he has the bloodline running through them. It's not necessarily our responsibility to fix them. That's why they're in city-states. The city will take care of it, but they need help from us. And this is what we can do. We can provide hope. Speaking of, who's in charge at Antopolis? Who should we uh, reach out to when we get there so we have the most local support as possible as we try to go on this PR tour? And don't, you know, get an assassination attempt level against us when we try to go after the prince. Also, what's the light situation over there? (laughs) (laughs) Every time. Johnny, I hear you'll be bringing your own light, so I think it'll be fine. Wow. Touche. When you arrive, you'll be talking to Representative Shields. Um, They're the uh, current elected official in Antopolis. Uh, Once you arrive, uh, I'm sure their party will come and greet you. Do they have a champion? Alonzo is the champion on behalf of all of us. Uh, He lives in Fidopolis, but he is the concentric state's champion. That Fidopolis chose for everyone? (laughs) <laughs> he, it's through through magical bloodline he is the champion the okay. kikos i okay i will i'll explain representative government to you at a later time it's time for you to go your belongings have been packed up for you and you can grab them on the way out to the lawn how are we getting there because i'm assuming my friend joe is not the preferred method of getting to antopolis Ah, well, we've been working on something very special for this uh, champion star. Why didn't you come out here on the lawn? On your way out, all three of you grab your packs that have all of your uh, important items packed into them, and you're standing out on the front lawn. You had only recently had the massive ceremony. And the speaker says, Presenting the champion's vehicle. And nothing, and nothing happens. And she goes again, and she says, presenting the champion's vehicle. Oatcake's head turns to the side a little bit as we see nothing happen. Alex, start the, start the thing. And you hear a whirring sound that encompasses the entire plane. And you see a ship as large as a house fly out from over the tree line. There is a whirring propeller on top of it. It almost looks like a giant speedboat that they attach a very large helicopter propeller to the top. And it settles down, and it's covered with a a large dome on top of that speedboat. And there's a door opens, and there's like a depressurizing system, and it's flown open, and Captain Alex steps out, whirling her hair from side to side. It is not called the Champion's Vehicle. This is the Uptown Girl, and you are going to listen to it. The speaker, the speaker says, uh, well, whatever it's called, here is your vehicle. So we've spent a lot of time and effort figuring out the technological and magical um, elements inside, uh, and we figured out how to quickly get you from city-state to city-state. Does Anara not have a reaction to seeing Alex again? Oh, no, she's just dry-mouthed and silent. (laughs) (laughs) All right, come on. We got somewhere to go. Let's see how fast we can do it in. Tracy runs forward and gets on board. (laughs) I want to go fast. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Sonic. Can I just do like a 
general inspection on it just before I get into this vehicle. <laughs> sure, what kind of inspection would you like? like Johnny, you can get six, closer to the sun. All sorts of inspections, whatever I have the point time inspection. to do. Are, what are you? Are you like a building inspector? I may, I may like. Okay, I'm going to just be like taken into the sky with something I've never seen before, inspector. What do you make an investigation check? Investigation is a thirteen. All right, this definitely flies, and it seems pretty safe. I mean, the speaker gave it to you, so it can't be too bad. There is a combination of magic and machine happening here. This is similar to what you've seen in your My First Warforged manual, but since it's only devoted to one action, which is to fly, and at a much, much, much larger scale, it's not something you've seen before. And then what are the creature comforts? There are four very squishy-looking chairs arranged all throughout the middle of the deck, all facing forward. There's also a chair at the captain's area, which is right in the front, so Captain Alex can steer. There's also a snack bar. Nice. <laughs> With chips. <laughs> there is plenty of storage space for you to keep all of your stuff and even live on the ship for a little while, uncomfortably, but it's like you're living in the back of a Escalade. It'd be pretty nice for a while, but then you get a little cooped up. The back two chairs can swivel facing the windows that are off to the left and to the right, and you can also open them in case you need to do some aerial punching. There is like a capsule hole on top of it, but the bottom looks like a speedboat, and the top of it is like a giant-ass helicopter. It's like a gyrocopter. I high-five the hell out of Captain Alex as I walk on board this boat, because Tracy is stoked to get into the air on this really cool speedboat. Nice. Okay, kind of nudge my leg a little bit, because I was just frozen in pure joy. But then I'm going to walk up the gangplank, or walk over to the door, and just say, like, Hey, 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 Cap, what, what's going on? Hey, Cap. Captain Alex winks and does finger guns at you. And as she sees O-Cake walking behind you, she says, Ah, dogs have to be in bags. <laughs> it's a rule of the uptown girl. And Anara says, Uh, okay, I will get a bag then. In the meantime, she just scoops O-Cake up and holds it to her chest and then goes inside to pull a smaller tote bag, a recyclable tote like you always have in your adventurous pack. <laughs> what does the tote say on it? The tote is just printed with summer fruits. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah, O-Cake is riding in the summer fruits tote bag. I like that. Johnny, how do you feel? Cautious, but walks in, takes a seat at one of the swivel ones, just looks around trying to take it all in and make sure that he feels safe because he does not. I called tips on that one! <laughs> there are two, Tracy. I said I called tips! Okay, so first you didn't, and also let's not yell in the gyrocopter. What's your AC? 13. I try to push you out of the chair and then slip. (laughs) And Inara just steps over your body to go to one of the front chairs, which are closer to Captain Alex. (laughs) Johnny gets up and walks over to the other one, (laughs) magnanimously. Tracy, a little embarrassed, but okay, slides into his chair that he called dibs on. What's Alonzo doing? I guess we're seatmates. <laughs> Alonzo has walked confidently onto the ship, sat down in his chair, and is trying to figure out if his chair reclines. Captain Alex says, all right, everyone put your seatbelts on. And Eric doesn't know what that is. We don't use seatbelts on wagons or just walking between towns. Alonzo kind of points over to your right, and there's just like a big, 
belt that you can just like clip over on the side and it kind of like mimes it for you. He like takes his one <laughs> clip and then the buckle and puts it together. All right. So Inara fastens a seatbelt across her lap and then also across Oatcake. So Oatcake's like sitting next to me in the chair. It's very important that you guys know this. So I'm kind of curled up in the chair with my legs under me and then Oatcake is next to me. And so the lap belt goes over her back and across my lap. Nice. Johnny, you hear a chirping sound coming from your right side of you. All right, everyone. Please put on your seatbelts. What, what's that? What, what, what was that? You look up and there's a speaker right above you. We want to make sure everyone's having a good time, so please put on your seatbelts. Okay, Johnny puts on his seatbelt. Wait, who was that? I'm, I, I just want to get out of Great. here as soon as possible. Johnny. Hello, new friends. I'm the conjured onboard modeling wing. Always for you, but you can call me Conway. Good morning, Captain Alexandra. Where are we going today? Captain Alex walks back from the front and says, Yeah, we got this cool new thing installed. Uh, You got to push magic together in the right way. It will talk back to you. Uh, This is Conway. He's kind of like, it will tell me where to go. It's really cool. Isn't it cool? I think it's cool. Where's your body? Where's your body? Where is your voice coming from? My body is all around us. Yikes. Are we in (laughs) you? about it like that but please don't and Nara's hand reaches into her pack to pull out the boy spell and just to have it in her hands just in case what's the estimated time of arrival because the longer I'm in this the more uncomfortable I am <laughs> Captain Alex says alright Conway we're going to Antopolis let's get there as soon as possible alright what is snack service There, Tracy the snacks are right over there you can just grab them I unbuckle and go to the snacks there's lots of chips. What kind? Tortilla or potato? Um, there's plain regular, plain ruffled, sour cream regular, sour cream ruffled, Ooh. Doritos, Cool Ranch, and nacho cheese, and pretzels. Tracy takes the pretzels. What kind of pretzels? Good pretzels. Okay, but like the sourdough sticks, ones, like sticks. the really no, this the like the really chunky ones. Okay, okay, yeah. I'll plug in those coordinates now. Okay, thanks, Conway. And the helicopter wings above start to fly and flutter, and you're going high up in the air quickly. I don't think any of you have done this anything like this before, huh? Nara is just holding very tightly to Oatcake and the arm of the chair. It's thrilling but terrifying. Johnny finds a way to sit in a meditative position and starts <laughs> meditating and trying to commune with the Undying Light. Tracy's just munching down on pretzels, looking out the window, just enjoying the view. So the ship speeds away from Kiko Castle, and you are crossing farther and faster than I think any of you have ever done before. You're crossing over hills and rivers, and you can see the city of Phidopolis with its wall encircling the whole city become a distant lip on the horizon. And you see the land actually starts to change. What was kind of outside of the forest that Anara knows so well, it turns into plains. And through those plains are cutting rivers and tributaries and streams. And as you keep going, you see some of these streams are changing. Some of them are marshed and swampy and seem kind of overrun with water, while other of them are dried up like it's been corked up at the mouth. These streams slowly get consolidated together, 
like a dealer is collecting cards together in a round of poker. The streams congregate into a massive river, and it runs swiftly past you as you are following the path of this winding water. Finally, as you all look through the front windshield, you see two massive stone circles rise out of the riverbanks, and there are city buildings built up around each one of them. The circles are actually taller than all of the buildings. They're like four stories tall. The cities are identical, with one on the left of the river and one on the right. But as you get closer, you can tell that the one on the left is totally abandoned, while the one on the right has movement and some newer buildings being built up around it. It's like there is a stadium in the middle of these cities that is like as round and tall as one. But instead of a stadium, it is just a massive stone cylinder. As you near, the one on the right has roads and infrastructure stemming from the base of the giant columns, but you don't see any movement around it, or you might expect it. Alex, have you been here before? Captain Alex leans back over a chair and says, Antopolis, uh, no, I've actually, I've never stopped there. Uh, I've sailed down the sharpening river that cuts between the two, but um, I've never stopped off. I mean, the ruin just freaks me out. Um, I dated someone who was living over there, but uh, she never told me much about it. Uh, she was cool. She could juggle. <laughs> and Ari is just blushing. Can, can you juggle? I can learn. You're the chirping again, as Conway says. Captain, there seems to be a bogey coming towards us. Tracy rushes to the window. Yeah, and Captain Alex says, "What bogeys? What are you talking about? We're we're in the air. What are we worried for?" Tracy, I want you to make a perception check. Nineteen plus one for a twenty. You see two of those not really bombolates, those messed up things getting really close to the ship. They're about 10 feet away. Both of them are on your side of the ship. Uh, guys, there's two of those things that we fought uh, in Phidopolis coming right for us. They look like bombolates, but, like, not great ones. Tracy, you get a better look at them. These things have really sharp teeth. They keep gnashing them as they get close, not like the hummingbird arrangement that the regular bombolates have. There are also strange markings all over their body, and it's all the color of dark gray of soot. And Captain Alex takes a hard left away from them. And you see the two that are getting close to you, and you see that there are like 10 more coming after them, and they're all diving upwards directly from the river. Johnny unbuckles, and I'm assuming there's a position that he can take by one of the windows that opens up. Yeah. And secures himself there, so if there's any kind of turning, he won't get too messed up. Inara jumps up too and rushes toward the windshield. Alex, should we fight these guys, or can we, can we like, evade them? Conway, is there any weapons on this thing? No. <laughs> this is a travel ship. Why would I have any weapons? I mean, that's a good point. Why are we being dive-bombed? Can we, can we get away? Captain Alex says, All right, everyone sit down and buckle up. I got this. And she continues to move the ship left and dives down towards the ground. I'm going to sit but ready Mage Hand in case I need to send one out of the window to, like, grab the wing of one of these things. That's all I can do. 
I'm gonna pop one of the windows open and use the long arm of the law to just like latch securely onto the sill and just ready my axe. Cool, I like that. I'm gonna open the other window, sit down, buckle up, and just be ready to throw some Eldritch Blasts at them. All right, cool. As you guys waiting, Alex dives towards the ground. There are two of these messed up bombolates on either side, ties to get in through each one of these windows. Tracy, make a strength check. I got a three plus three for a six. Oh, okay. Johnny seeing some faltering from his pal, Tracy, and not being comfortable with the height, uh, is going to try to... (laughs) Johnny's going to concentrate towards the undying light and his lantern and see if he can help him with that check. Cool. I softly start speaking to myself, meditating, and let's see. It's a plus four. So ten total for my strength. The messed up bombolates chomp on your other hand, Tracy, and try to pull you out of the window by flapping really hard against the diving gyrocopter thing. But the ball of light flies out of the lantern and touches you on the shoulder, and you feel empowered, and you rip your arm back in. Close the window, Tracy. Thanks for flying with us! And I close the window as hard as I can. It closes with a satisfying slam. Johnny, I want you to make a perception check for me. 15 plus 2 for 17. Johnny, as you keep a strong hand on the lantern, waiting for the light to come back from Tracy, you see something very dark and shadowy lift itself off of the lantern. And for a split second, you see it jump up into the speaker where Conway was talking to you, and it disappears. Did she give me a cursed item? As <laughs> as you try to figure out what the hell just happened, Conway starts talking back to you and says, Always for you. Always for, always for you. And Alex is like slapping the dashboard and says, Conway, what's, Conway, what's happening? And the helicopter just dives down to the left riverbank into the ruins of the city across from Antopolis. Alex is like shaking the steering and says, I can't, I can't control it anymore. I don't know what's happening. I guess we're just everyone hold on. The gyrocopter slams into the left bank of the river. I want you two to make two D6 rolls and Tracy, I want you to make four. Five total. 17 total. Eight total. All right, you all take that damage. Ow! I was holding O'Cake securely to my chest, by the way. Uh, O'Cake's fine. Believe me, O'Cake is not taking any damage. Thank you. And for a moment, it's still. The ship grinds to a halt, and Captain Alex hits her head hard on the back of her seat, and Alonzo is not looking good either. He hit his face on something. Uh, Is everybody all right? If you can say something back, I think you're all right. K- kind of. Yeah, I'm okay. Nice piloting. <laughs> All right, you know what, Tracy? I, I no, that was sincere. Thanks for not killing us. <laughs> oh, okay, thank you. Okay, Tracy, that's fine. Conway, are you there, bud? No, nah, no response. Johnny's gonna unbuckle and check Alonzo. You know, look over everyone, see if they're okay, and. At least assess how Alex and Alonzo are doing. 
yeah, Captain Alex is fine. She's already up and trying to like poke at things on the ship and figure out what's going on. Alonzo is holding his face. He says, I hit myself in my own face with my knee. <laughs> it hurts. Is, is it okay? And he has the beginnings of a black eye in his red eye. You you look great, Alonzo. Don't don't worry. Alex, can we can we operate this thing? Can or do we have to get away from here? That's really embarrassing, Alonzo. Sick bird, Tracy. <laughs> Captain Alex is still pounding on the dashboard. He says, I ugh. No, I can't. We got to get this thing fixed. Um, I mean, we're pretty close. We got to cross the river. No, I can't fly this thing. Um, When we talk to Representative Shields, maybe they can can fix it for us. I am going to walk out of the ship and just kind of assess the environment, make sure we're safe and not in any danger. Sure. As you walk out of the door, you're taken aback by how close you are to the ruins of the other side of the city. There are just buildings that have fallen into disrepair, and you notice that everything is made out of the same stone. The same dark gray stone is just everywhere. You only see, like, the foundation of these buildings, and the columns have really close etchings in every single one. But, I mean, nothing looks like it's been moved for a really, really long time. Do I understand any of these etchings? Like, are they in a language that I might understand, or are they in a some rune that's it's like a combination of like pictography and a language you can't figure out got it can i make a perception check to see if there's anything around that might come after a recently downed ship sure 19 plus one for a 20 you don't see anything as you look closely though you see this like really large gash in the ground that's kind of crossing down one of these abandoned streets. It's like someone dragged something massive through the street. And suddenly, Tracy, you feel rumblings under your feet. At first, you think it's starting to rain or thunder, but it's really just cloudy and there's nothing else around. And now all of you starts to hear this thump and this thump and thump, and it's getting louder and louder and louder. And Tracy, over the ruins of the city is a massive giant larger than anything you've ever seen before with purple skin and a gaunt face and it's like lackadaisically walking forward like strolling almost uh guys we got some company Inara runs out to lifting Oatcake out of her bag because rules don't apply in battle mode. <laughs> <laughs> the giant continues towards you, just strolling forward, and it steps over buildings in single steps. We, we should hide, I think. We, sh- we should hide, I think. We should do that. Wow, if Tracy's saying that, then uh, I agree. Let's, let's do that. Uh, Alex, w- where can we hide? Alex has stumbled out of the side of the ship with Alonzo and she looks up at the giant and says I don't know anywhere let's just get out of here guys let's grab our packs let's grab Alonzo let's hide behind the the closest ruin that we can find I don't want to go anywhere near that column but I do want to make sure that if the giant picks up this this brightly colored thing to play with it I don't want to be inside yep and Tracy grabs Alonzo and starts making for the closest ruin wait I know I can talk well let me talk to it I can do it not right now, Alonzo. We're, we're practicing the, the fleeing part of the fighting or fleeing. 
All of you get behind a very large column on the outer edge of the ruins. And the giant continues just like strolling forward. And it's like rolling its head from side to side, just like kind of looking around. And you see closer and its eyes are just kind of glazed over. And it takes a look at your ship. The giant doesn't seem to realize that you've just ran away, even though it was kind of just standing right in front of you. In fact, it just kind of like reaches down and plucks two of the blades from the top of the ship up and looks at it and says, Is this a ship I see before me? I cannot envision what this might be. This dreamscape brings me so many strange things. And it takes both of the blades and sticks it into its shoulders, one on each side. And as soon as it does that, its skin wraps around the blades, sucking it in. And those blades have turned to stone. Sorry, Alex. You know what? It it was worth it. It's fine. Okay. We'll, we'll We'll get you new blades, I promise. The giant just continues to walk around, and I want you all to make charisma saving throws. I got a nat 20. 22. Nice. 13. As the giant walking away, you feel like a flash come into your brain for a second, but you all three of you shake it off. And the giant starts just kind of loping away, but Alonzo starts to walk after it. He wrenches his hand out of Tracy's hand. And says, I want to make friends with the giants. I grapple his ass. Right, how do you do that? I am shooting my long arm of the law immediately in his direction to reel him back in. As I imagine, I will have to reel him in a lot of times in the future. <laughs> how far away is he? Like 20 feet away. He's gotten away from you. All right. So I have to do a strength check to get that distance. Right. Five plus three for an eight. Hey, you shoot the long arm of the law towards Alonzo, and you go wide left, and Alonzo starts running towards the giant, and the giant is loping away. The giant doesn't seem to notice that Alonzo is following him. Devar, damn it. And Tracy takes off sprinting after Alonzo. I'm going to run after Tracy to see if I can provide backup, and Oakcake's going to run slightly behind me, too. Nice. Johnny's going to be on team stay behind with Alex, because I'm unsure that she fully is not also on this. I only know that myself and my two companions here have shaken off the charm spell that happened. Could I instead try to do any kind of arcane thing to see maybe where the source of this spell could have come from? Yeah, should do an arcana check. 14? Yeah, that charm spell came right from the giant. Hmm. I'm going to ready a cantrip. You guys run with Alonzo, and he's like diving around... He's running, like, through buildings to follow this giant. And this giant just continues to walk through the city. And it's, like, lackadaisically smashing buildings that it goes through with his great club. He walks about half a mile forward and stops. And you see that there is a group of six soldiers, all with crossbows readied. And they're all wearing dark blue. And they have a symbol on their chest plates. It looks like a Venn diagram. It's two circles that have come together, intersecting with the middle. One of them with a golden helmet on opens the mouthpiece and says, Zuby, we mean you no harm. You know us. You've worked with us. Please 
put down the club and come home. And the giant responds. Aye, there's the rub. With no home to return to, there is no being, there is no sleep. There is only ghost and dream and dream. The giant looks at the six of the soldiers. Two soldiers, you see, their faces glaze over and they take two steps towards the giant and reach out towards it. And although you can't see the face of the soldier with the golden helmet, he takes two steps forward as well. The giant reaches down a big purple hand and grabs the soldier by his golden helmet and says, This would look nice, adorning this dreamscape. And presses the soldier against his chest. Much like the blades before it, the soldier slowly turns the stone and sticks upon the giant's chest. Join the Party is brought to you by Brandon Grugel, Amanda McLaughlin, Michael Fichet, and me, Eric Silver. I am your host and game master. Brandon edits, mixes, and scores the show. Amanda manages our community and our digital life. And Michael archives, manual checks, and cartographs our world. Special thanks to our creative consultants, Connor McLaughlin, Julia Shafini, and Hetty Hunt. The party doesn't stop here. The day after every episode comes out, we publish The After Party where we sit down to discuss what just happened and learn what could have happened. Send us your questions anytime. Join our community online by following at JoinThePartyPod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We've also got every episode up on our website, jointhepartypod.com. And you can email us questions or stories anytime at hello at jointhepartypod.com. If you're enjoying this ride as much as we are, help the show out by subscribing to us in iTunes and leaving a quick rating. For even more Join the Party goodness, check out our Patreon. Just a few dollars will get you access to drawings, character backstories, bloopers, and so much more at patreon.com slash jointhepartypod. We'll see you in two weeks. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.